Morning, church. A uh, couple of things, family issues that I want to talk uh, to you about. Um, good stuff. Uh, last week is kind of amazing. We uh, prayed for little Leah in her surgery, and uh, by God's grace and His kindness to us, to the Kirby's, uh, she came home on Friday. Friday, and so we praise God for that. We're so thankful. Um, I'll pray in a moment, and the reason we pray afterwards is uh, also for continued blessing, but also to acknowledge that God has been good to us. Uh, We prayed and we asked, and he answered our prayers. Uh, Some of you also know we need to continue to pray for Ron Nickel, uh, Lisa Brown, and Larry Carlson. Uh, They have some health issues that are looking good, too. They were in the hospital for various things this last week, and um, just continue to pray for them. Um, I, I want to say this too, uh, and we'll I'll get into it in my intro as well, but like this is, it's not just that you want to be a part of a church if you're planning on getting sick, um, okay? Uh, it, it's not just that, it's not just that, but I, I want you to know you don't want to get sick and not be a part of a church either. Uh, you don't want to go through difficulty in life, and there's other things too, there's plenty of other things, like uh, struggling with kids. You don't want to struggle with kids without having a church. Uh, you don't want to uh, go through heartache of loss uh, without being a part of a church. Um, and, and, I, and I don't say just part of a church like that there's like this benefit that comes from being part of our club, but uh, you want to be walking with God, walking with his people, uh, so that as you struggle in your marriage, there'll be people around you to help you. Uh, as you struggle with kids and life and finances and whatever else could burden your heart, you want to be connected. You don't want just to attend. You, you want to be connected. Uh, that uh, it wouldn't be when people say, hey, you need to pray for so-and-so. And you say, who is that? <laughs> who is that? Um, I, I don't know who those people are. I, do they go to our church? Well, they want to. Uh, I, I just want to encourage you by that. Let, let's pray for these folks that I, I shared with, and uh, then we'll get rolling. God, thank you. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness to us as a church and your grace and your mercy, your kindness shown to us in this past week as, as you've taken care of our people. And I think of little, little Leah and what a, a thrill it is to know that you care about her and the Kirby's and the Lors and Lord, we just ask that you would continue to uh, give her grace for this day and uh, the rest of the family, Lord, that they might be hopeful and that um, you, you might uh, help her manage the pain and uh, give her courage uh, of a full-grown adult um, that she might be able to get through this and. God, that you might uh, instill in that little girl a uh, faith that uh, she knows that her God takes care of her in every situation, and that might be a testimony to others as well. God, we thank you that you're taking care of Ron and Lisa and Larry as well. We continue to pray for them and ask for grace uh, for the challenges ahead. God, we know that apart from you, we can do nothing, and uh we struggle in many ways, and we, we stumble, and we fall, and we are, are discouraged, and so we cry out to you, and we thank, we're thankful that you listen, and you care about us. Strengthen your church today as we look to your word, and as we gather in your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
just a small commercial. The men are still meeting at 6.30 on Monday nights and 9 a.m. on Fridays. Uh, some of you, um, some of you are, are, haven't come yet, and you know who you are. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. But um, just come. We, we won't, we'll be kind to you. We'll be kind to you. We'll be nice. Uh, all excuses are lame. Uh, I joke. I'm sure some of you have, some, one, of you, one of you here has a good excuse. I don't know. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, and I just want to dive into it. Uh, the critical nature of the church. The critical nature of the church. You need to know. You need to know that as part of God's plan uh, of redemption, that he always gathered his people. In the Old Testament, they, they assembled. Uh, in the New Testament, they, they assembled. And then as Jesus came and as he left, they established his church, his church, his body. And they were meant to meet together. And there was this critical nature. It wasn't an optional. It wasn't the advanced class. It was a critical nature of the church. And I, I want you to picture this morning uh, things going bad. <laughs> things going bad. And when I say things going bad, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have a clue. Maybe they're just bad for you and your family, or maybe they're bad for us as a state or a country or the whole world. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Where is the refuge place for you? Who is going to be your strength? Um, and, and I want to tell you, I want to tell you that God's intention for his people is that that would be his church. That's, 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 where, that's where it should be. Now, 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 when you think about that, uh, I don't want to see a show of hands, but how many of you have been offended or wronged by someone in the church? I'm not looking. Don't raise your hand. Uh, uh, I was treated badly in that church, and... Uh, they said my kid was bratty. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they were. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, and, and, you know, mind you, as I say that, I, some of you are looking at me, well, he doesn't have any kids. My kids have bit people in those rooms right over there <laughs> in previous days. I won't throw anybody under the bus that did that, but uh, there were teeth marks. Uh, uh, but maybe you've been offended. Maybe you've been offended. You, you, you feel like you've been treated wrongly. Maybe you, you feel like people have accused you and you weren't as guilty as you got accused for. Or maybe they, they uh, you know, you, you had an opinion or you had a thought about the way things should go and they rejected it. They didn't listen to you. You, you had a better idea about the music and or the chairs or the pews or the paint or the parking lot or Whatever whatever. And you said, you know, I've been treated poorly. I've been treated poorly at the church. And I, I, I want to tell you that get over it. Get over it, right? Um, get over it, right? You, you know, uh, have you ever been in a family? Have you ever been in a family, <laughs> right? The things family does to one another, and they still meet at Christmas time, you know? Uh, 
There's this, there's this thing, and why? Because, oh, they're just family. We get over it. This is the way this goes, and, and we work together because we need each other, and this should be the, the heart cry of the church is, uh, you know, sure, there's sins that go on, sure, but the, the church is critical, critical to my life, not just today for the days ahead as well. And so as we look at this passage, and really in the midst of this passage where we've been, um, we're looking at the critical nature of the church, but the critical nature of unity in the church. How do we stay together? How do we uh, stay unified? Uh, It's bad. It's bad in the Church of America right now. Um, It's bad in Tehachapi, I'd even say that, okay? And I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but... um, if you've lived in Tatchby any length of time, uh, chances are you've been to this church and that church, and then I didn't like this church, and I found greater friends at that church, and you bounced around. And maybe you're here, and uh, you, you're tired of us almost. You're, you're looking for your next stop. And so I, I just want to tell you that's bad. That's bad. Um, that there should be a sense of like we're stuck with one another. Uh, and that God's goodness will hold us together, and his grace that he has shown us, we will now display and care for one another in those ways. So there's a critical nature for the unity of the church. And I want to tell you there's also not, uh, there's an urgency to it as well. Uh, We got to get our act together with one another, uh, because these relationships right here matter. They're not temporary. They're not disposable. Uh, we need to get our act together now. Uh, there's this thing that, that this should be the, um, the strength that we need for difficult days ahead. And so there's a critical nature for us to take care of this now. Um, our relationships with one another matter, both in family and church. And I, I want to say this. The same principles, I know I haven't gotten very far yet, but the same principles of getting our act together in the church and loving one another and being unified, that's true in your family as well. That's true in your family as well. Uh, there's some things that we may be holding against one another that we need to, in the Lord, with His grace and His mercy, extending forgiveness and asking for forgiveness and granting and all that stuff. That, that should happen today, today. Uh, because you don't know uh, what lies ahead and how those relate. You need to take care of those things today. And so please don't hold on to the things, the struggles and sins that others have committed against you. Most likely you have reciprocated as well. Um, And we should grant forgiveness just as, as God in Christ has done for us. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 14 as we look at unity in the church. Um, and really kind of a passage that um, may not be as cut and dry as you want it to be, and I want it to be even as I preach it here today, um, but I, I think it's a, a critical piece to our unity within the church. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 13, and the verses following to the end of the chapter. Uh, God's word says this, therefore, uh, <clears throat> let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, uh, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. 
I know that I, I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, uh, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. <clears throat> for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not dis- by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let uh, what you regard as good be spoken of as evil, uh, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or, or, and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ in an acceptable, uh, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and, uh, and approved by men. Uh, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Verse 20, do not, uh, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat, uh, it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you are, uh, that, that you have, the faith that you have Keep between you, yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. God, do your work in us now as we look at your word, your thoughts, your uh, charge to us. And God, may you give us the strength and the courage to know the difference and how to live, and also to, that you would preserve the unity here at Bear Valley Church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you were here last week, um, we looked at the previous passage, which, which we really talked about the idea, the the living, the way some people live and we struggle with living is, is always looking at one another and saying, you should, you should, the you should type living. And most of the time, the you should type living is that we think we have some smart idea, conviction in our own life. And it, it's not just for our life, but we walk around going, you should, you should. And what we're saying is, I think you should. I think you should. And, and not just that is, this is what I do, and I'm now the model of what you should do. And so we looked at, you should uh, do what I do. And we kind of uh, looked at that idea of you should type living and turning it around to, I should Mind my own business, okay? If you weren't here last week, I was that clear, okay? Mind my own business. I should mind my own business. To which, even as I said it, even as I said it, some of you rejoiced in your heart and you said, you know what? You should mind your own business, right? Uh, And you didn't get that that whole mind your own business was for you, okay? I just wanted to clarify that today, Um, 
you should living should be replaced the I should living, I should mind my own business. And this week, we kind of take another step in that direction. And this week, we will learn that I should serve Christ. I should serve Christ and care about my brothers. I should serve Christ and care about my brothers because we are all in this together. Okay, I say that. I'm not trying to be a high school musical or, uh, you know, the COVID mess and stuff like that. But, but I want to say this. Um, when, you, when people say, you know, we're all in this together, you should first say, no, no, we're not. Oh, no, we're not. Um, because if, if we're united on something, if you're united on something, it should only be Jesus. It should only be Jesus. Uh, if you're following uh, some politician, some influencer, some this or that that doesn't know Jesus, we are not in this altogether. We are not. We don't want to be a part of that. Uh, it's not that we don't breathe the same air, but because of Jesus Christ, we are different. We are different, and we are seeking. We are seeking uh, to honor Him and to be connected with His church. And so, as I say, we are all in this together. I want to say this: as God's people. Within the church, there is this connection that we are in this together, and not just in this life, but for eternity. This is what God is going to do in his church, and it will be for us all as we relate to one another. Um, so I've already mentioned this. The first thing I want to talk to you about is kind of the conclusion and the background uh, in these first couple of verses. We looked last week at this section on how to live in the church. We talked last week about minding your own business for, for me to think that. And now we get to v- verse 13 and, and he's kind of concluding what he's just said. He says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any, any longer. <laughs> okay. And when you see that one another, most of the time it's talking about the church. And I find it interesting that he says, any longer. Why does he say any longer? Because they've been doing it, right? They've been doing it. And I, I think that for some of us in these last couple of weeks, maybe you've been convicted and you say, I have been judging. I have been making these, you know, you shouldn't be drinking that. You shouldn't be wearing that. You shouldn't be driving that. You shouldn't be living that way. Like, like there's all these things that we look at and we go, I can't believe they're driving that. I can't believe they're drinking that. Um, I went out to lunch after uh, last week, and I saw one of the ladies of church, and they were, they were gathering, they were having lunch, and they, they were laughing, and they said, I saw you over there, and I wanted to uh, order a glass of wine and then go, hey, you know, uh, uh, that's the people of Bear Valley Church right there, right? Just trying to apply the Word of God. Um, but uh, th- this idea is that we should not pass judgment on one another uh, any longer. We should not look at one another and say, you should. But we should say, we should put that I, you should and, and replace it with I should. And we shouldn't do that any longer. We should uh, be, be a learner in that and change in that way as God would have us. Um. This week, uh, this week, he, he says, therefore, uh, let, uh, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but replace it, verse 13, but rather 
decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. In the way of a brother. And, and this idea is that we should care about our actions, how my actions affect those who God has also called and called with me. Um, the, the, the local church is a powerful thing. Some people don't really believe in it, but there's a, it's a powerful thing. This passage, um, I, I want to tell you, for people who don't live in the same local body of Christ as you, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Uh, how, how you live really doesn't affect the people who live in Ukraine or Israel or Kenya or Venezuela. Like, like the churches there, your, your life doesn't affect them at all. And so how this is lived out, he says this. He says, don't pass judgment any longer, but rather uh, decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. And meaning that these people right here, these people that you're living life with, these people that you are in fellowship with here at Bear Valley Church, I should care about how my uh, actions affect my brother. Um. And it's interesting, he, New Testament uses this over and over again, this idea of brother, and maybe we should go to, you know, a southern church mentality here, not southern California, but southern in our, but say brother or sister, because it reminds us that there's this, uh, I don't want to say weird, but I'll say weird relationship that we have that's, that's unique, that we're not just on the same baseball team. We don't work at the same place, but we are called into a family relationship. And so to care about your brother is to care about yourself and your family. And so as he looks at this, he's, he's unpacking, he's giving the background connection to the last passage. And he, he begins to even conclude what he's going to say in verse 14. He says, I, I know that I'm persuaded um, in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean itself, but is unclean, um, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. And, and the point of this is that 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 some people uh, will look at things and will say that is sinful. They'll look at a, a bottle of alcohol, or they'll look at the internet, or they'll look at a car or a house, and go, that is sinful. And you have to ask the question, is that sinful in and of itself? No. It's just an object, in fact, right? It's just a bunch of stuff that God has made and that man has put together. And so in and of itself, it's not sinful. Can it, it, so be careful. You might overstep in your mind and say this, well, then... Everything's fine. There's no sin in this life. We could just do things. It's just a different perspective. I want to tell you that's not the point of the passage. The point of the passage is this, that there are things that are, are just things. But um, for some they are sin and some they are not. And, and, and what makes the difference? Well, he's going to talk about this a little bit more. But it, it's the idea of if one is weak and one is strong. 
If one has a background, uh, and remember that these would have been Jews as well as pagan people, some would have had different issues. Probably a lot of Jews would have had that Old Testament sacrifice picture in their mind, unclean animals, clean animals, and they would have looked upon it and they said, oh, that, you know, don't touch. And there's, I remember this. I grew up this way. I, I remember this sacrificial system. But also the pagans would have said, same thing. You know, I remember the days. I remember the days. And so there, were, there, there was baggage that was brought to these things. And he says this, I know that nothing is unclean in itself. But uh, in their minds, if it's unclean, then it is unclean. And so there, were, there was baggage that people brought. And so now uh, we move uh, to him unpacking this idea of we should think, as we act, we should think, about our brother. Think about our brother. And, and this is hard for us. Uh, most of us, when we think of minding our own business, it's, it's not minding our own business, it's doing our own thing. <laughs> doing our own thing. And like I said before, uh, when you see people say, oh, I don't know if you should do that. I'm nervous about that. You say, you should mind your own business because <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. I want to tell you, uh, I want to ask you, does that sound like unity in the church? When I'm doing my own thing and I'm telling you to mind your own business? <laughs> no. And so we got to ask the question, how can we preserve this unity? What is it that God is calling us to through the Apostle Paul? What is it that, and I, I've talked about this before. You guys are probably talking. Rome was a huge place. It was a huge place. Lots of different backgrounds. Lots of people with different ideas from where they came from and what, where they were. And, and you say, how can they be brought together? And I want to say, in Christ, they can. But this attitude of transformation of their mind and how they think about their life and their actions that they're doing, for sure, for sure, they needed growth in this. And for sure, they needed to be challenged. Verse 15. Uh, verse 15 says this, uh, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. And and this is where it's it's no longer just you minding your own business, me doing my own thing. It's that he gives a picture of me eating something that I'm fine with. But it grieves my brother. And there's an assumption there of this. That... That I would look at something and I've understood clearly that it's just a thing, right? Uh, we talked about this last week where the butcher, uh, possibly the butcher shop would have had, the meat seller would have had this meat offered to idols. And it would have said, idolatry meat or something like that, right? Satan's sirloin or something, I don't know. Uh, but it, it would have been something there. And, and one person, one believer, would have went in and gone, it's nothing to me. It's nothing to me. That's just meat. That's just meat. And another person, either background Jewish or pagan, would have gone, I'm not touching that stuff. I don't even like looking at it. I don't even like thinking about it. And so there's a different perspective. And, and what do you do when there's a different perspective? <laughs> I want to tell you, sometimes when we look at this idea of a different perspective, and, and I'm, I'm first in line on this one, 
when there's a different perspective in our family or in the church, immediately my heart goes to, I can't believe you're wrong. I can't believe you can't figure it out and agree with me. Like, and, and, I, and I'm just going to keep doing what's right because I'm right and you're wrong. That, that's my heart. That's where you know, my knee-jerk reaction goes. I have a feeling there's others of you just like me here in the church. But Paul brings in, God brings into us in the church, in my church, the church, you know, God says, this is my church, the one I sent my son to die for, right? This is what I'm doing. This is my church. This is the way I want it to go. He says, you know, you should care about what you eat in regards to your grieved brother, and, and, and the idea here, if you look down at verse 15 again, um, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, it, why is that a problem? He says, he's grieved by, by what you eat. You are no longer walking in love. You're, walk, you're no longer walking in love. What do you think could be replaced? What are you walking in? Selfishness, I think, right? You're just doing what you want to do. And the picture, the unity in the church is around love. Love for one another, but God's love for us that we would love each other with that. So we should think about our brother. We should walk in love. He goes on. Verse 16, he says, So do, uh, do not let what, uh, what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. And, and then he describes, he describes kind of, this is the way the church works. This is the way the kingdom of God works. This is the, the new thinking that needs to replace the selfish thinking. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is, uh, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He, he says, so... I won't look for a show of hands, but I want you to think about it. How many of you like eating? How many of you like drinking? There are things like, some of you are snobs when it comes to both of those things. And I'm with you. I'm with you. I haven't seen the inside of a McDonald's in a very long time. Very long time. It's not that I don't eat bad food, but that in, that's too far. That's just taking it too far, Okay. <laughs> Of standards, there might be low, but that you know, um, and, and so so we say, oh, oh, I do this, I eat this, I don't eat this. Oh, I would never touch that. And, and there's this idea of this is my world. I will eat what I want to eat, and not eat what I don't want to eat, or drink, and this and that. And I have my rules for my life. Um. And, and, and sometimes we, we look at food, we look at drink, and we say, well, this is what matters to me. This is what I love. And I love what I love. I love what I love. What I think is right. Um, and Paul tells us, God tells us, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. It's not about what you eat or drink, but it's something different. It's replaced with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, that God's doing a work, the Holy Spirit's doing a work in us that's marked by righteousness, 
righteousness, doing what's right in the eyes of God. It's marked by peace. Uh, peace, Paul uses Philippians, peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, the church, the church is an impossible idea. It's an impossible idea. The idea that people would be unified, coming of their own free will. Nobody got forced to come today. I mean, I didn't force anybody to come. Maybe other people got forced to come. But, but this idea is that the church is an impossible thing. And the more we get to know each other, the more impossible it becomes. I want to tell you this, not to get into it, but marriage is impossible too, isn't it? Right? It's impossible. Two sinful people, unity, committed to one another for life. Impossible. Raising kids, we won't even go there, you know. Um, so, so this is the picture. This is the picture. He says, it's different. The kingdom of God is not a matter of just food and drink, but it's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy, which comes in the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, verse 18. He says, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. That just stands out to me. We'll come back to this. But what is the key here is that through the things that we do, through the actions we do, the things that we eat, the, the way that we spend money, the where, where we spend time, the clothing that we wear is all about serving Christ. Serving Christ. And, and I want to tell you that um, for those of you who have siblings, what's it like to serve your brother or your sister? impossible. Why don't they do it for the, do it for yourself. It's not mine. You know, right? uh, if any of you have siblings, there's been days where you've argued over a task or a shoe or a cup. Who put this cup here, right? Mom says, hey, who, who left that out? I didn't do it. Oh, yes, you did. You had it there yesterday. And, and you stand arguing. Well, somebody should clean it up. I'm not doing it. You did it. You, and there's this thing that says, I, I don't serve you. It's beneath me. You take care of yourself. But he doesn't say serve your brother. What does he say? Serve Christ. Magnificent, right? Magnificent. What a position. Who wants to serve Christ today? Ah, oh, I'd love to do that, right? My Savior, my King, I'd love to serve Christ. And what he is calling God's people to, I want to connect the dots for you here, is he says, serve Christ. And, and what does Christ want you to do? He wants you to care about your brother. He wants you to care about his life. Care about his relationship with the Lord. Care about his salvation, his soul. He says that, and then he, uh, he, he, verse 19, so then let us pursue, how do we do this? Pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We're not about the food that we can eat. Uh, we are about serving Christ, and how do we do that? We pursue that which makes for peace in the church and mutual upbuilding. Sometimes we, in simple language, we say, good for me. What will I do? I will do that which is good for me. But sometimes 
that which is good for me is bad for you. Good for me, bad for you. That's your own problem. Some of us do this in our marriage. We say, well, this is what I wanted to do. This is what's good for me. I don't care about my wife. How's that sound, by the way? (laughs) You think it sounds bad, you hearing it. My wife's sitting right there, okay? (laughs) Okay? I didn't want to look at her. I didn't want to look at her when I said that. I don't care. I don't care. And, And I want to tell you, in the church is this idea, if you say it's good for me, I don't care if it's bad for you. I want to tell you, you are part of the destruction of the church. I want to tell you, if you, if you look at your marriage and you say, uh, I'm going to do what's good for me. I don't care how it affects my wife. I don't care how it affects my husband. I want to tell you, you're part of the destruction, the hurt, the pain that's brought to that marriage. When you think that way. Good for me, bad for you. And what he's getting at in verse 19 is this, that we should uh, pursue the things that are good for me and good for you. Maybe we should say it somewhat somewhat different. They're good for you and also good for me. (laughs) And also good for me. If you look at that, you say, uh, what is good? What is for making for peace and for the mutual upbuilding? I think that's interesting the way that's translated there. The mutual upbuilding, that we're both better off from our time together. From the action that we've done, the things that we've eaten, the things that we have drank, the things that we wear, there's a sense of building up and bringing about peace by the steps that we have taken, the things that we have done. Verse 20, we we come to a faith-filled living, faith-filled living. Verse 20 says this, for do not... uh, uh, for do not, do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. And there, there's a couple of places here in this passage that give this interesting picture that God is at work in the lives of individual people. He's in the li- He's doing a work in your life, and your life, and your life, and your life. And and how do you want to participate in life in the church? Um. Do you want to see a project, and you're the project, by the way. Uh, some of you are a bigger project than others, you know. Uh, but th- th- this idea is that God's doing a work in you. You're the project. And, and what do the rest, of, where, where should the rest of us be? We should be at work with God. We should be God's helper, if you will. I know that sounds kind of weird, but uh, it's this idea of even as you know, this, he doesn't need us for sure. But it's this idea of God, I serve, I serve your son, Jesus. He's doing his work. He's doing his salvation work. He's doing correcting us. How can I be a part of that? And the picture here is this, that when we don't care about our brother, it's as if God's doing his work and we're trying to destroy the very work of God. We're not helping We're getting in the way of it. Not that you can stop the work of God, but I want to tell you this. Are you on board with what God is doing in his church? The building of individual lives connected to one another. So so he says, you know, don't do that. Don't don't try to destroy the work of God. Verse 20, everything is indeed clean, but, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. 
I didn't say it earlier, but this idea of stumbling is the idea of tripping. and The, the other word is like trapping, tripping and trapping. Uh, not, not to, but you remember when you were in elementary school and, and, and you liked tripping people? It was super fun, super fun. Like, like there's two methods. There's this, just this stick out your leg and then they go down like that. My favorite was to walk behind and then as they went like this to kick their leg. And so it went like that and they just kind of stumbled, right? And, and the picture here is this, that uh, you, you don't want to be the one that's stopping someone from walking well with Christ. You don't want to be the trap and the annoying thing and the one who's pushing them off. You, you don't want to be the one. And so he says, when it comes to the things that you are doing, the actions, uh, it is wrong for anyone uh, to make another stumble by what he eats. And, and, and there's this simple thing that you should be getting. It's not that important to eat this thing if it's bad for you. It's not that important. It, it, it should be uh, set aside because your spiritual life is more important than me having what I want. Verse 21, uh, it, it is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The word again, verse 22, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God, okay? And, and the picture here is this, it's kind of worded, maybe kind of clumsy, maybe you're struggling with the picture, is this, that as God has taught you that it's just meat, or it's just drink, or it's just food, or it's just clothing, and it's not that big of a deal, it, but it bothers somebody else, that that can be true for you privately with the Lord, but not this thing of saying, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it in their face, because it's good for them to see my liberty. Uh, and I want to say something here. Um, I, I just think it's important to hear pastorally for, about this. Uh, especially, there, there's a lot of different things. If, if there's someone in your family who struggles with overeating, shouldn't overeat in front of them, right? Shouldn't have a lot of food in front of them. If they struggle with alcohol, you say, oh, they've, they've struggled with alcohol. I'm fine. You know, I, I haven't been an alcoholic, but uh, the smell of it, the smell of it, right? Talk to alcoholics and they, they kind of have this sense that it's in the house, it's in the home. And there's this thing of they, they think back to days and they go, man, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I want to be careful, be careful. I think of you parents and you know your kids struggle with worldliness. Maybe it's something you should be careful of, Right? Uh, maybe it's something to forego. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I told you this, this passage isn't as black as white as I want it to be, but I, I want you to know this. I want you to know this, that you should be driven not by food or drink or clothes or cars or whatever. You should be driven by your love for one another. Um... Verse 23, but whoever has doubts uh, is condemned if he eats. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. 
So last point here uh, is this, that you should have a faith-instructed life. If you feel guilty drinking alcohol, you should not drink alcohol. If you feel guilty having a particular kind of food or a particular dish, um, you should not eat it. If you feel guilty wearing a particular clothing, buying a particular, you should not, you should not just say, well, I guess it's no big deal. They're wearing it and, or they're eating it or they're drinking it and I'll just kind of push through and feel guilty. I want to tell you, you should not do that. That's not from faith. Your relationship with God should dictate for you what you should and shouldn't do. Your life, your faith should instruct your life. Your faith is not just uh, about what you think. It's about your relationship with God. Now instructing the days and hours, the actions that you do in every situation. This morning, um, well, before I move on, I just say this. It's good for you to forego for another. It's good for you to forego for another. This is what uh, this passage is talking about. And it's not every time, it's not in every situation, but it's this idea that you say, I care more for you than I do about my meal, my food, my clothes, my whatever. I want to give you three questions and hopefully these questions can give you some, some kind of grid to work through in the Lord. Uh, how, how do we make decisions? If it's not black and white, if it's not a list of 10 things not to eat, 10 things not to drink, this car, you know, these are the bad cars. The, like, if there's no sense of sin, black and white sin, how do, how do we do it then? And this is, these will be three questions that are kind of brought up in this passage. I'll, I'll point them out to you. Uh, we've already talked about them. The first one is this. Am I serving Christ or am I serving myself? Am I serving Christ? By this decision, by this action, am I serving Christ or am I serving myself? Am I doing what Christ wants or am I just doing what I want? <laughs> Uh, that was question number one. You look at verse 18. We already went over this. But he says this, whoever then that serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. What he's saying there in verse 18 is this, that serving Christ is what God desires, but it's also going to be good or approved of. It'll be good for those around you, okay? And so uh, am I... Am I serving Christ? Am I serving Christ or am I serving myself? Second question. Is this, whatever this is, that action that you want to do, is this good for us both? Is this good for us both? As I'm with my my brother and my sister, as I'm thinking about my life in relation to the church, is what I'm doing good for both? If it's not, it goes back to that whole thing. It's good for me, bad for you. And, and, and that's just, that's not what God has called us into in the church. Is it good for us both? And verse 19, the end there, I, I want to highlight this again. That we should pursue what makes for what? Peace and for mutual upbuilding. Is this something that will bring peace between us and build us up? Or will it be something that I feel good about, but is bad for you? Okay. Uh, Is this good for us both? 
And then thirdly, does this come, does this come from faith and trust in Jesus? Does this come from faith and trust in Jesus? As God has saved me and he's taught me to trust in him. And is this action that I'm doing an action of faith or, or is it an actual action that's connected to culture and opinion or pleasing others or pleasing myself? Or is this something that comes out of my faith and trust in Jesus? I think that there's probably other things you could do, but I think these three questions would be helpful for you, helpful for me to think about. As, as I'm coming to the crux, you know, taking another step, a fork in the road, you know, how, how should I proceed? What should I do? What should I limit? Uh, I think these questions will be helpful for us to walk uh, in, in unity in the church and, and connection um, with our Savior. God, thank you uh, for this morning. Thank you for your word. God, I do ask that you would protect the unity here at Bear Valley Church, that you would cause us to uh, defer to other, to forego um, when need be, and to encourage each other, and that your Holy Spirit would work in us, uh, bringing us a, the, the joy that comes from knowing you and being a, and And God, I ask that you would um, protect us from the days ahead. Um, brace us and cause us to love each other more that there would be a bond here that comes from your work in us um, that would be able to handle any of the storms of the days ahead. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.